Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast, celebrating... Horticulture Week's 180th anniversary and today, Johnson's of Wixley's centenary. I'm Hort Week editor Matthew Appleby and today I'm with Graham Richardson, Group MD of North Yorkshire-based Johnson's of Wixley, one of the biggest growers in the UK and one of Hort Week's favourite businesses in the industry. Now, Graham, there's 11 members of the Richardson family um, in the business and as, as a proud Yorkshire company, have you, have you ever considered starting a cricket team? I know cricket's a a, a big favourite of the family as well, so it's uh, that's uh, that's rather ironic. Uh, I think the the combination of eleven members of the Richardson family who are uh, true Yorkshire people at heart, with a significant smattering of um, of uh, of Scott, uh, means we are suitably uh, suitably careful with our money up here in Yorkshire. Okay, all right. Well, thanks for that. So this year's your centenary, founded in 1921. So, how were you set up? What, what was the, what's the background to you being founded in 1921? Yeah, I mean, um, the company name is uh, Johnsons of Wixley, and the family name is is Richardson. So um, there is uh, obviously a, a a little bit of a diversion there, and and that that started with Mr. Johnson uh, returning from the Great War. Um, having uh, served in the, the trenches, um, a second uh, uh, lieutenant who was uh, in charge of a, a mortar section uh, who uh, joined the war in 1917, witnessed some really big battles at the uh, end of the war, saw, he, saw the war out, remained in, um, in, in Western Europe, um, to help with refugees and uh, and obviously the the catastrophe that had befallen all the nations of of Central Europe. Having done his time, he left um, uh, the army um, and uh, 
came back to his native Yorkshire. He was a native of, of Leeds, had, had married uh, a, a Yorkshire girl um, whose family had a series of malt kilns uh, throughout uh, western North Yorkshire, one of them being uh, located um, very close to where our headquarters is now at a village called Cattle. Um, uh, Mrs Johnson's family allowed them a small parcel of land which Mr Johnson, having taken botany at university, began to grow a uh, basic selection of um, garden plants. Um, that soon expanded and Mr Johnson, uh, in not too much time, bought a seven-acre site in the village of Wixley, which is some uh, mile and a quarter away from uh, his original site. Um, bought a house and a small holding there and um, began growing on a bigger scale. Uh, at, at that time, he was servicing a um, local landowners, estates, uh, some direct retailing and um, a fairly significant market economy which was prevailing at the time. He, he developed a reputation for uh, quality um, and consistency. Um, and grew the business uh, up until the point where, because of having no immediate family of his own, uh, had his eyes on retirement, um, but no immediate obvious choice of what to do with the business. Um, at that time, my father's uncle um, owned the garage in Wixley Village. Um, he uh, ran the local garage, ran a taxi service, had one of the only telephones in the area, um, had been an ARP in the Second World War, etc. Uh, and um, he was aware of Mr Johnson and passed on to my father, who had already trained in horticulture and worked um, within horticulture. His family uh, were vegetable growers, um, in uh, West Yorkshire near Wakefield uh, in the uh, rhubarb triangle, growing lots of rhubarb themselves as well. So he had a, a history of uh, uh, as, a, as a grower. And so this opportunity for this uh, already established business came up. To look, cut a long story short, my father mortgaged his soul to buy the business with the help of his family and the banks, etc., and purchased this business, which consisted of 11 acres with 11 staff, and a sales turnover of about uh, £36,000 uh, and uh, purchased the business in 1963-64 um, and uh, from that point on began to very gradually develop the, the, the business. So he mortgaged his soul, crikey. So back in, back in those days, I imagine councils were quite uh, a large part of the market um, amongst the amenity sector. But things have moved on in, in more recent years towards the landscaper and designer side and obviously the retail side too. So how have things changed in recent years? Yeah, I mean, very significantly. The, the change for us within our business began to happen relatively quickly as my father rapidly dropped any form of retailing, recognising that it was a lot easier to go up the nursery with a tractor and trailer and fill it than it was to go up with a wheelbarrow for Mrs Smith down the road who wanted one standard rose and a chrysanthemum. So we dropped the retailing. My father also got into um, the production uh, into production using containers at a very early stage. 
what containerization hadn't really begun at that stage it was um first established in the usa they were using old fruit cans um before plastics came in but with the advent of plastic containerization began to take off we were one of the first doing it alongside uh, using newfangled winter protection methods in the form of uh, polythene tunnels and i distinctly remember my father building our own he was uh, sourcing uh, galvanized steel rods of a certain length he built a jig which we fed these steel rods through and created a hoop and then bought large sheets of polythene to create a sort of the beginnings and first um of of, uh, of polytunnels so um you know a, a sort of fairly uh, significant um history of of innovation through the 1970s supply was significant through into the um uh, councils and local authorities but once the 80s came round and a big shift in government emphasis that market dropped significantly um and we moved moved over uh to major on the supply of uh hardy trees and shrubs into what we now term the uh, commercial amenity sector wow and you you're set up now with five production centers is that right yeah we've five different production centers that feed um our head office site uh, which is a production centre in its own right, but also houses um, uh, distribution, warehousing, uh, head office, uh, engineering, uh, all the usual things that any reasonable sized business, uh, uh, land-based business needs. full-time staff so do you, do you have any labour sourcing issues how do you get hold of your labour yeah I mean the, the 120 staff has dropped actually over the last 10 years or so um, I think we were up as far as 150 permanent staff um, but of course seasonality and climate plays a never-ending um, role in our business and exposes us um, so the ability to to turn off the staff at periods when we're not as busy has been fundamental to the um, profitable success of, of, of the business. So uh, we supplement those 120 staff. We've up to 70 uh, agency staff who we secure probably from a 30 mile radius coming from York, Harrogate, and then the uh, West Yorkshire Conurbations. Um, the uh, availability of them has been pretty good in general we're always told that we are a preferred employer by the agencies we uh, offer um, a secure place of employment we look after our staff be the agency or permanent um, and I think in the main people get a degree of fulfillment working in an outdoor in environment so um, whilst uh, there has been periods where it has been difficult to source staff and the quality of them can be extremely variable. Some of them only spending only lasting a couple of hours. Um, in, in the main, we can just about manage. Brilliant. Now, um, just looking at your latest turnover the other day and so you, you rode the storm of 2020. You're down about 7% to the year ending September 2020. But how, how have things picked up since then? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, that was an uncharted territory in March of um, 2020 at the point when Boris Johnson 
um, enforced the first lockdown. Um, we were going extremely well uh, in March of 2020. And March is typically our biggest uh, month of the year as the uh, amenity uh, season typically begins to wind down and conclude, but is just finishing off a large-scale supply. And, and as the supply into the retail sector comes on strong, so we have a, a sort of uh, a, a double peak, if you like, in that month. But that month de-accelerated rapidly three quarters of the way through the month uh, and uh, the following April um, saw a, a very significant downturn uh, but following uh, extensive lobbying by ourselves through our MPs and utilising marketing and PR channels but just as importantly through um, the uh, um, the, the HTA and with the help of uh, of Heart Week which was all extremely significant we obviously all managed to overturn that decision and the garden centres were, were reopened which threw us a lifeline and from that point really uh, things took off again not sufficient enough to undo the uh, loss of uh, sales turnover that we experienced over a period of approximately 6 to 8 weeks but certainly enough to resurrect the year and had we uh, at the point when Boris Johnson announced the lockdown, had we known that we would only end up 7% down, we would have taken that on any day of the week. And how has your um, focus changed since then? Have you changed the, your split between amenity and retail and, and supplying online people or, or has anything changed at all there? Uh, no, but the, the split very much um remains and is a conscious policy decision to maintain that split. Approximately 66% of what we do is uh, is sales into the uh, amenity sector, uh, another 20% being sales to garden centre, independent garden centres nationally, and the balance being our own uh, trade counter operation, which is a microcosm of, of what we do. And having those three channels to market tends to mean that when... Um, we're suffering the effects of climate, seasonality, or even the economy, at least one of the channels is doing rather better than the other. So we, we have, and this is tried and tested on many occasions, we've actually found that this gives us a buffer and reduces the natural exposure that we, that we face. Uh, in terms of um, this year, uh, our, our um, season which begins for us, or our financial year which begins for us on the 1st of October, um, so we're in the midst of a of a financial year. We if this is this year is exceeding all expectations. Our uh, March and April combined were uh, the two busiest months that this business has ever experienced, and we uh, are reasonably confident, barring lockdowns or pandemic or other blight, um, that we will uh, ex comfortably exceed fifteen million pounds this year which is um which uh, we will be absolutely delighted with and what's more we are managing to main maintain profitability despite the significant extra cost which is now inherent as part of the brexit proposition that's good news and i know marketing is a big focus for you as well which much must really help help your turnover what what do you do in marketing because i don't I'm not sure all growers are as good as you at it do you know um marketing is a sort of um a lesson to us here at uh, at johnson's we always had 
a degree of a marketing presence, but it was always a uh, secondary afterthought. Um, and we always swore blind that we would never invest in a full-time marketer uh, for this business. Um, we just couldn't see how we, it could be justified. Um, but my own daughter, who has worked for our business since uh, leaving school and has undertaken a range of different roles from the bottom up, um, was very keen and, and motivated by certainly the, the social media channels, etc., uh, and uh, as an expansion of that, took on our website uh, uh, and any more sort of um, hard uh, marketing and PR. And the results of that has been nothing short of astounding. Whilst it's almost impossible to prove, we are fairly confident that uh, our our success over the last two or three years has been significantly underpinned by our approach to marketing and uh, my daughter has taken great pleasure in proving her father wrong. <laughs> so the future of the business is in good hands with, with Ellie and the other family members, the other younger ones. Now, um, this year there's been a lot of supplier um, supply problems um, in the industry. There's not been enough plants, basically, Europe-wide. Um, are they easing now? Um fractionally as new crops come on stream but that in itself has been frustrated a little bit by uh, the climate through this spring which has uh, not been particularly kind to growers we've had uh, more consecutive nights of frost than we can ever remember the daytime temperatures have subsequently struggled to get up to uh, anything reasonable so growth on new crops have, has been suppressed um, our own crops are uh, coming on strong, we maintained our uh, extent and scale of production and, and indeed during the lockdown invested in more growing space where many people were not were just not prepared to invest in, uh, in extra production not knowing what the future held. We were confident that there would be an opportunity out the other side so we put down extra beds, have grown more plants and the first of those, uh, of those plants grown in uh, the summer and autumn of last year are now uh, becoming uh, available and, and will help to alleviate that supply. Um, we make no apology though that um, whilst growing and uh, growing a significant proportion of what we sell will be at the heart of what we always do, we always supplement with um, traded material in doing that, that de-exposes us to our own production, which we're having to lay down uh, way in advance of actually knowing what we would what we would sell. So, in other words, it's a risky um, forecast that we're attempting to make. And so, uh, relying uh, being able to fall back on traded plants de-exposes us and gives us a significant buffer. And our long-term cultivated relationships with um, suppliers in mainland Europe uh, are maintained. Um, we are a preferred supplier of theirs. We are a regular customer who uh, pays good money for the stock that we require and um, have agreements where we pay our suppliers early uh, as, as part of a bargain. Um, that means that um, we are, again, as I say, uh, observed as a preferred supplier. We get lots of kudos with those suppliers for doing that. Uh, and um, we actually find that it helps us um, manage our cash flow because we can accurately assess 
uh, what we'll need to be paying and when. So that leads me to asking, looking looking to the future, how much can you increase your own production to sort of beat uh, to import substitution? Is There's obviously risks there, but opportunities. I think there are some opportunities and I think our production and levels of production will increase organically, although probably not exponentially because, uh, again, we do feel that we are rather exposed to uh, climate. Climate is um, clearly changing. Uh, the extremities of climate are uh, getting more severe um, and our ability to control that isn't getting uh, uh, any better. So our strategy will remain a gradual and an organic expansion of the items that we know that we can grow well and sell, but also a cultivation of those all-important relationships with suppliers so that we can react to our customers at relatively short notice uh, and meet uh, demand. What we find is that most of our our most successful relationships are with our key account uh, customers and those are based on a simple premise that we attempt to make those customers life that bit easier by providing a uh, one-stop shop um, solution uh, and taking the impossible away from um, perhaps a landscape contractor who has been dumped on at last minute from a main contractor demanding the finish of a, the completion of a job within a few days and finding it almost difficult to bring it all together. That is what we do. We provide that service. We bring together that stock. Uh, we can do it in record time as we've got our own trucks on the continent every day uh, of the year. Uh, and uh, we like to think that we are a successful solutions provider. Brilliant. That's a great way of summing it all up. A one-stop shop that takes away those problems for the, for the landscapers and uh, is organically um, increasing production in the coming years. So thank you very much to Graham Richardson from Johnson's Wixley and congratulations on 100 years. And this has been the Horticulture Week podcast. Make sure you never miss one. Subscribe to or follow Horticulture Week podcast via Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And once again, thank you and goodbye until next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.